the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, October the 31st, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On October 31st, 1984, Indian Prime Minister Gandhi, Indira Gandhi, was assassinated by two Sikh security guards. Today, in 1864, Nevada became the 36th state. President Abraham Lincoln signed the proclamation. Today, in 1941, work was completed on the Mount Rushmore National Memorial in South Dakota. That work began in 1927. It's a long project. Completed today, in 1941. Today, in 1961, the body of Joseph Stalin was removed from Lenin's tomb as part of the Soviet Union's de-Stalinization drive. There's quite a story behind that. I won't go into it today because of time, but it's interesting. At least I find it interesting. Today, in 1968, President Lyndon Johnson, he ordered a halt to all U.S. bombing of North Vietnam, saying he hoped for fruitful peace negotiations. Today, in 1992, Pope John Paul II formally proclaimed that the Roman Catholic Church had erred. They made a mistake in condemning the astronomer Galileo. Galileo believed that the earth was not the center of the universe. And the church had advocated that it was back in the day. You know, there's some people that proclaim themselves to be devout Catholics sitting in high places in America. I wish the church would tell them that they too are not the center of the universe. Today in 2005, President George W. Bush nominated Judge Samuel Alito to the Supreme Court. Good choice. Today in 2018, gangster James Whitney Bulger, Whitey, Whitey Bulger, he was found beaten to death at a federal prison in West Virginia. He was 89 years old. He was a former Boston crime boss. And he was, and a lot of people don't know this, although they know his name, he was a longtime FBI informant, and he'd been transferred to this um, prison in West Virginia just three hours before someone beat him to death. And today in 2019, President Donald Trump announced that he would be making Palm Beach, Florida, his permanent residence after leaving the White House, rather than returning to Trump Tower in New York. Today is October 31st. It marks the anniversary of when the German monk Martin Luther nailed 95 theses to the uh, church door in Wittenberg and he started what we know as the Protestant Reformation. That's a few things that happened in history today that I thought you might be interested in. We do that every morning as we come on the air. I got this note from someone who supports this ministry. It says, Gary, appreciate your ministry. Keep the light on. 
I, uh, I will. As God helps us and you stand with us. It is, it is difficult to keep the light on in today's world. The, the costs are out of control that it costs to do ministry, public ministry now. I mean, all kinds of things are changing around us. I think most of us know that. But I want to thank you for standing with us and making it possible for us to keep the light on. We try to speak the truth. We try to address the issues of our times, and we do so through a biblical perspective. It's about God's word. It's not about me. It's not about what's going on in politics, primarily. It's about the word of the Lord and what God says to the issues of our culture today. And we look at everything from a biblical perspective. Otherwise, we would just be somebody out here talking about the news. And there's lots of people doing that. So thank you for standing with us financially. We need your support, and I thank you for it. It's, it's humbling for you to stand with us the way you do and help us to do what we do. Each morning, we originate live, as you know, I'm sure, and you're heard. we're heard a little bit later on some other stations, delayed, but it's all in the same day. So thank you so much for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. You can also contribute on our website, Faith and A-N-D Freedom, all one word, dot U-S. Faithandfreedom.us. Segments of the Jewish population in Berlin are being forced to consider a question that many people thought was unthinkable. In the wake of the atrocities committed by Adolf Hitler and his Nazi followers and the subsequent promises of never again, never again is all over the place. Every politician in Germany has used that word at some time or that phrase at some time or another. Never again. The Jewish people certainly have coined that phrase and use it often. It's in plaques and monuments and so on. Never again. They're talking about the Holocaust. And now Jews across Germany, particularly in Berlin, are asking themselves and each other, is it time to leave Germany? Why? Spiegel International, it's a local news source out of Germany, it says testimonies from a host of Jews in the national capital worried about their futures and those of their families as a rising tide of anti-Semitism is seen once more to cast a shadow across the city. The despair has arrived on the back of the Hamas terrorists attacked the, when they attacked and killed 1,400 people in Israel on October 7th and kidnapped about 220 more. We're not sure exact of the exact number, but it's about 220. The report summarizes the fears in a metropolitan area once known for its anti-Jewish hate and the records of history. Berlin, of all places, the city which Adolf Hitler ruled over Nazi Germany, when the, when the Nazis came to power here, 160,000 Jews lived in the city, around a third of Israel's total Jewish population, Spiegel says. By the end of the war, only 1,500 remained, 
from 160,000 Jews to 1,500, with the rest having been murdered in the Holocaust or driven to suicide or to flee abroad. The Guardian, another European uh, news source, is reporting that Germany's anti-Semitism commissioner has condemned the country's recent increase in anti-Jewish violence, warning it risks transporting the country back to its most horrific times. The results tap into a debate that has played out across Europe, they say, and in particular in Germany and France, home to the EU's largest Jewish and Muslim communities. As officials scramble to contain the spillover of tension sparked by the Israeli-Hamas war. Those are the times in which we live. Everything, everything is under attack now. There is nothing, it seems, that the left can hold in any kind of respect or sacred honor. Not life, not an unborn child in the womb of its mother, not marriage, not traditional family, not even a reverence toward God. They seek to destroy everything that life represents on this earth as we know it. And then you see the extreme of leftists, it's cultural Marxism, you see the extreme of that as you look back, historically so, to the Nazis and the Holocaust and all of this. And then you see some of the, some of the things that are happening today reflect that. They echo those times back in the thir- late 30s and 40s, early 40s. And that's where we are today. And there's no wonder that people feel insecure, afraid, panicky. And you see it. It emerges. People, celebrity types, Hollywood types, I mean, who do think they are the center of the universe. It, you see all of this. People are, are, are concerned. They're afraid. I think this is part of what is bringing people to maybe take another look at that old-time religion, that Christianity that they may have been raised with, that they may have been taught from their childhood, and maybe they've gone far away from that. It's time for them to come home, and some of them are learning this. Some of them are coming to this understanding. Some who have never known about God are learning about him and becoming very interested in God and his plan and the Bible and his son Jesus Christ dying for our sins and resurrecting from the dead. They're becoming interested in this. And there is constantly revival-type meetings and outpourings of the Spirit of God breaking out across this country. It does. It isn't covered by the news. It won't be covered by the news unless there's something there that could be damaging to the Christian community. They just don't cover that, the general news. They don't, they don't, they, in their minds, this whole Christianity thing is just a little subtitle in America. What they will not accept, and they know, what they will not accept is the fact that America was founded on Judeo-Christian values. And that's why we have prospered. That's why they get to live like they live and 
drive the cars they drive and do the things they do is because of the freedom and the blessing and the prosperity that has come to America because of God's blessing. All of these perilous times are driving people to reconsider. And we see this outpouring. The latest one that I've heard about is there's several thousand people meeting and praying and and seeking God in Gainesville, Georgia. It just was spontaneous. It's not on a campus. The one There was the meeting that I mentioned the other day on the uh, University of Arkansas campus. There were over 3,000 kids showed up. Some of them got saved. They weren't Christians. Many of them were Christians, and they were just seeking God, asking God to pour out his spirit on this nation. This is going on. It's just it's not a one-off kind of experience. It's happening all over the country, not just in middle America, but on the coast, in Southern California and elsewhere. God is moving by his spirit. He's moving all over the land. And we'll do our best to keep you abreast of all of that. But I can say in the midst of all of this turmoil and this disaster that we're living through right now, we can say, bless the Lord. Excuse me, I get a little emotional about this. We can say, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Bless the Lord, O my soul. That's the word of the Lord. God is also placing certain people in certain places in our political structure in America. I think it is a miracle. I believe that God caused this to happen at a time like this? I do. I've never met Mike Johnson, but I have read enough about him, and I've heard the comments of enough people that I have a great deal of confidence in who know him personally, and they say he is the real deal. The press must think that he's the real deal as well, because they're now going after him, and not, not in any restrained way. Go back to this past year in April. Representative Mike Johnson was sitting in the chairman's seat in the House Judiciary Committee last April. This was, of course, before he was elected to be Speaker of the House last Wednesday. And he had an interesting debate broke out over biblical duty toward illegal immigrants. They were talking about this border fiasco, one of the many fiascos that we're living through now. I mean, millions are coming across our border. Nobody, including the president and his administration, they don't even know who they are. So they're talking about this in this committee meeting last April, House Judiciary Committee. This uh, Representative David uh, Ciceline, he's a Democrat from Rhode Island. He's Jewish. He accused the Republicans in this meeting, particularly evangelical Republicans. He called us out. He said, you guys are ducking, you evangelical Christians, are ducking God's admonition found in Leviticus to welcome the foreigner and love him as yourself. Well, Mike Johnson was chairing that committee at the time, and his response is probably even more relevant today than it was last April. He's a kind of a mystery man to the media, 
they were watching him then. They're full focus now. He's a Louisiana Republican. He's an evangelical Christian. He's a member of the of a Southern Baptist church in his area. He figured it was time to set his colleagues straight. So, and he said, Leviticus charge, he said, is a personal challenge to people. This is on the record in this committee meeting last April. He said, it's a personal challenge to people, not a blueprint for writing a government's laws. He said, you have to see to whom the order is given. The order is not given to civil authorities in the government. He said, the order is given to individuals. He said, we do not reach out to the sojourner, but it is not the job of the federal government to do it. That is true. And we've said that so many times on this program because that is true. That is not a government mandate. They have transferred the the gift of our being able to reach out to those in need around us, the gift of having orderly, legal immigration into our country, which was one of our founding principles. They've prostituted all of those dynamic foundational principles. For good measure... (laughs) Then Representative Mike Johnson continued, For good measure, he said, the Bible speaks favorably about borders and walls, including Nehemiah, who rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. He said, we don't build walls because we hate the people on the outside. We build walls because we love the people on the inside. The Washington Times, which is a conservative uh, news organization, they, they said yesterday it was a striking example of faith in action. They said Mr. Johnson repeated it on Wednesday, last Wednesday, a week ago, uh, almost a week ago, when he took the oath of office to become Speaker of the U.S. House. His 17-minute speech, which I talked about last week and again Monday, yesterday, what, the 17-minute speech was laced with references to his faith, including a sense of heavenly ordained destiny. Johnson said it all repeated because it's very, very important because of the position he's in now as Speaker of the House, he's second in line to the presidency of the United States. He will now control what does and does not come up for a vote. He will control the way that the direction that the Congress, the House of Representatives, goes on every single bill. It's a powerful position, no question about it. He said, I don't believe in his 17-minute speech of acceptance last Wednesday evening. He said, I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I believe the scripture, the Bible, is very clear that God is one that raises up those in authority. He raises up each of you, all of us, he said. He said, I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. He said, this is my belief. He said that kind of faith in action would be familiar to many people in middle America, but he said it shocked. It shocked the Washington establishment, where the dissolution of religion in public life is taken as an inevitable goal and a forthright pronunciation of God's will at work make people uneasy. Well, it does. When you start talking about things like that, it makes the press and the secularists in America, very uneasy. The news media struggles to understand this odd specimen. Like, how did this guy get into our club here? How did he get so high up so suddenly? When we didn't even know who he was before. They didn't know who he was, but they didn't know much about him. They didn't care. 
The Los Angeles Times published this just a couple of days ago. They said, He's been showing who he is since 1998. They said when he graduated from law school and started going after the LGBTQ plus community every chance he could. Well, what he was doing was standing for traditional biblical marriage. But no, they they have to turn that around and they have to cast that as Johnson going after the homosexuals every chance he gets. He's not going after them. He's trying to preserve marriage, biblical marriage, in a culture that desperately needs it. And to the degree that we don't have it, we are miserably failing. Johnson, <laughs> Johnson, the Los Angeles Times says, let's face it, many progressives were against it back then as well. But Johnson was extreme because he really, really believed it. He was extreme by comparison. He said he was even advocating for laws that banned two adults from having consensual sex in their home. Well, that's not true, but it's a derivative of something. He was trying to make a penalty for homosexual conduct, and he did stand for that, but not in the way exactly that the Los Angeles Times couches it, of course. So to anyone who considers themselves an ally of LGBTQ plus community, Los Angeles Times says, know this, the same-sex marriage and other protections that you have had are no longer safe. Johnson, they said, has made attacking the queer community a huge part of his life's work, and on and on they go. People magazine was so stricken by Johnson and his wife's covenant marriage, and I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment, They were so stricken by their covenant marriage that they broke away from the Hollywood celebrities or sleaze-eberties, as some people call them. They broke away from their normal thing of reporting on celebrities and themselves being the center of the universe. And they they got on this. People magazine, they're they're really intrigued by this covenant marriage. Well, uh, covenant marriages are only legal in three states, but Louisiana, where... Uh, this Mike Johnson lives and his wife and his kids. It is legal there. And so um, People Magazine went back to an interview, a 2001 interview with Diane Sawyer on Good Morning America. And the Johnsons on that program were elaborating on their decision. Kelly, his wife, said, from a woman's perspective, I've been in some bad relationships before, and I just knew that when I met the man that I was supposed to marry, I wanted to know it was for a lifetime. It gives me such peace and security. This was an interview with Diane Sawyer in 2021 on Good Morning America. While speaking to ABC in 2005, Johnson himself shared that part of his reasoning for wanting a covenant marriage was inspired by his own struggle with his parents' divorce. He said, my wife and I both came from traditional Christian households, but he said, my parents were divorced. He said, as anyone who goes through that knows, that was traumatic. It was traumatic for our whole family. He said, I'm a big proponent of marriage and and fidelity and all the things that go with it. And I've seen firsthand the devastation that divorce can cause. Kelly agreed with him at the time. She said, me too. She said, Johnson's willingness to enter a covenant marriage showed her that he wants it to be forever, meaning not forever in eternity. They don't believe that. Some, as you know, do. Some churches teach that. That's not true. And it isn't biblical. Forever means in this life. 
MSNBC, of course, has set its course to attempt to destroy Speaker Johnson. They say, sinful, destructive, morally wrong, physically dangerous, inherently unnatural, deviant. They said, those are the words that elected House Speaker Mike Johnson has spared no invective to uh, describing the LGBTQ community. He's gone as far as saying same-sex marriage will destroy the entire democratic system. His legislative record points to an obsession with gay sex. No, he has an obsession with biblical marriage. That's what he has. Covenant marriage is a deal where they sign the uh, where they sign the um, uh, an agreement going into marriage, and it it's a regular marriage vow. But then it it adds to it, and they both sign this that they will not divorce within the first two years of marriage, meaning if there's difficulties when they're first marriage, married, they'll work it out. And it keeps them together. A lot of people have done this. There's only three states in which it is binding. I mean, you can do it anywhere if you want to make that agreement. But there's only three states. Louisiana is one of those where they live, uh, where you can make that commitment to one another. And it's in, it's in full harmony with biblical marriage, except it's just an additional, you know, we will not... And they, in that state, a divorce would not be, degree would not be issued to either of them in the first two years of marriage. And there's a couple of other little things like that, but it's just a reaffirmation of what Christian biblical marriage is about and is supposed to be about and family and the sanctity of marriage and so on. So that's what it's about. But they're making it like it's some, they're trying to kind of move it towards some kind of a cult-like experience some of the news and we don't have time to go into all of that but just to say that that's what what they're trying to do with that the associated press published this yesterday they said miracle question mark in all capital letters miracle associated press after taking the oath of office on wednesday house speaker mike johnson laced a 17-minute speech with references to Scripture, including a sense of heavenly ordained destiny. The Washington establishment and news media weren't sure what to make of his religious faith. This is Associated Press talking. Well, he's not a mystery to 60, about 60 million believers or evangelicals. Rick Santorum, he's a former U.S. senator from Pennsylvania. He's a Republican presidential candidate a couple of times, maybe. He is no stranger to displaying his faith in public as well. I've met Rick Santorum. He's a good guy and talked to him, had lunch with him, in fact. Mr. Johnson is authentic as you get, Santorum says, and that showed through in his acceptance speech. Santorum said Mr. Johnson isn't seeking to impose his religious beliefs on anyone, but it's perfectly right that his political beliefs flow from his views on morality. That said, he said, is no different from somebody on the political left whose beliefs uh, flow from a point of view that's not biblical and may be out of some professor's textbook that was never heard of. I would say, yes, Associated Press, it is a miracle. Tony Perkins, head of Family Research Council, fired off an email to supporters say that the speaker election was a fiasco and they needed to get their act together, Congress, and he said, we're praying that you will get your act together and elect a Speaker of the House. Within days after this prayer issue, Johnson's ascension to the rostrum came about and he was elected 
100% of the Republicans, after that crazy fiasco they were going through, they made him speaker. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.